Welcome to Theatre of the World, episode three. This one is called Revenge. Ooh, I'm James. Mark. Chris. We're full of vengeance, you fucks. Yeah. So look out. This is yet another podcast that for some weird scheduling reason we've decided to record very early on a Sunday morning. It's like we learnt nothing. Oh. I'll tell you about vengeance. This mm. is vengeance against ourselves. This is ourselves from last week reaping vengeance on ourselves this week by saying last week, James, for example, came close to a psychotic breakdown because he had no fucking sleep and then I had to do a podcast early and then we scheduled it again because mm. it's fun to poke the crazy monkey with a stick, the stick of vengeance and no sleep. Already, already yeah. off to a flying start. Yeah. We could cut that. I think bit. next week we'll be starting at 6 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that would be, imagine if someone did that, like that there was a podcast and it was just sleep depth. The whole yeah. thing was just this long-term sleep depth oh, experiment. That's a good idea. Copyright. Copyright. <laughs> that is called the graveyard shift, isn't it? Oh, that's good yeah. too. That's yeah. good. Write this all. This is gold. Yeah, don't. <laughs> sorry, people. Steal. Sorry. Don't steal this. Copyright. Copyright. Let's start the way we start with fact bombs. Fact. Fact, fact bombs. Fact bombs. Mark's got a fact bomb. Hopefully. Revenge fact bombs. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Mm. Blamange is a dish that is also best served cold. That's true. Mm. Revenge is sweet. Like Blamange. <laughs> Fact bobs. <laughs> Brilliant. That Blamange is... was also the name of an 80s band. Was it? Yes. Ah. Um, a really bad 80s band. What? I, I just remember <laughs> no. the name. I just remember the name. Um, Brilliant. Wow. Fact bombs. Wow. Did you tell... Sorry. Before we turn the mics on, I remember you very smarmily saying how much preparation you'd done for this yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one fact bomb up on last week anyway. That's so. <laughs> no, know. no, elephants can't jump. Yeah, that's right. Last week, if that made the podcast. That was three, that was three very separate fact bombs yeah. in this one. Yeah. No, that's was true. Very You're good. right. Two of them were about dessert, but whatever. <laughs> no. Look, actually, uh, let's, let's take that and run with it. The idea of revenge uh, being best served cold, which is, of course comes from Shakespeare, mm. and I believe, and look, this is contentious, but I believe that old Shaky got it wrong yeah. because um, I believe that revenge is a dish best served at room temperature mm. um, with a red wine. Now, yeah. if you are serving revenge cold, white wine, but let me give you an example of revenge served at room temperature. Um, I I went to school and I had a terrible teacher. Now, I can't use her real name. Maybelline. Maybelline. (laughs) Miss Maybelline. That's good. Um, Now, Miss Maybelline was my room teacher when I was in year 10. And she was a drunk. Chris will know who I'm talking about. Yeah. She was a drunk. Like, really a drunk. And uh, she was an art teacher. And just one of the most unpleasant people you could possibly imagine. Like, you you know when you cook... And there's that awful stuff at the bottom of the pan. Mm. She's like that in a dress. I was no good at art anyway. Um, I couldn't draw. I can't draw. And so already I was in trouble. And, and this person who is teaching an art class and supposed to be encouraging students to be all nice and stuff was the most 
sour, belligerent, unpleasant, horrible, fuck-off person. And uh, I had to deal with her every day because she was also my form teacher. And for the first half of the year... I got it wrong because she would come in and say something horribly unpleasant to me and I would take the bait. Miss Maybelline would come in and say something like, oh, that's not very good. She, she, was, she I think, American or Canadian. I don't know. She had an She's accent. She's American. Oh, that's, uh, you, you think, is, you know, this isn't very good. You're late and you're awful. And, you're, and she would just come in and just, just haul off on everybody. And the first half of the year, I would take the bait and I would say, oh, yeah, well, fuck you or something. Mm. And then she would kick me out and I would spend the rest of the art class in the, in the hallway and then I would get an F for the subject. It took me a whole six months to realise I was just hurting myself, that literally my, my response to this awful person's negativity and drunkenness wasn't hurting her, it was just hurting me. And so I decided to seek revenge at room temperature. And here's what revenge at room temperature sounds like. For the second half of the year, when she came into the room and said something horrible, I would look her straight in the face and I would say, Miss Maybelline, you are looking gorgeous today. <laughs> now, she knew that I was being sarcastic, but you cannot send someone to the principal's office for telling you you look good. Yeah. You cannot punish someone for paying you a compliment. Mm. And yet a compliment, when delivered in the correct tone, has as much or more cutting horror to it than any bad thing I could have said. Mm. And every day after that, I paid her a compliment. Nice. Straight into her ugly, horrible face. I looked at her and I told her that I liked her dress or she'd say something like, ah, you've all got to do this or you're going to have detention. And I would laugh and say that that was very funny. Or, and it was, and it would, I could see her suddenly get infuriated and just burn and burn and burn. And, and, and for the second half of the year, I think I got like a C or a B in her class because I had put her in a position where she was unable to punish me. And nice. I learned a lot. That was the only thing she taught me yeah. in school, but it was an important lesson. So yeah. when, when you arrived here today and you told me that I was looking nice... Yeah. It's, um, you know. Interestingly, this uh, same teacher was also my art teacher. And I remember that um, one particular year, she was, she was reasonably unpleasant for the first half of the year and then just unbelievably impossible in the second half. And yeah. I think those two stories may be connected. <sighs> <laughs> it's true. There is a chance that I pushed her over the edge. And sometimes I think maybe she was born with it or maybe she's just Miss Maybelline. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Either way. Dollar day. Dollar day, dollar day is on its way. You'll find you save in every way. On dollar day, on dollar day. I, I was I was trying to think about an anecdote from my um, tortured existence, um, <laughs> Great. involving involving revenge, and I worked in a fairly large company and it was awful. Like it was a shit job and um, and there were awful people there and it was just really horrible place to work. Um, so like it was, I think it was just before the, the office um, came out, the, the Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant situation comedy. But it was, it was so like that down to the point that the guy who was, I, I guess, in charge of the department that I worked in was literally Gareth from the office. 
and everybody goes, oh, the office, it was just like, like everybody who's worked in an office. I have exactly the same story <laughs> about there was a day when this guy, oh, I shouldn't use his name. T- Tigo. Tigo. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. Excellent. Tigo was using his calculator, the whatever calculation he was doing. The answer came back wrong on the calculator. He phoned the calculator company wow. to complain about it and suggest that they, they send him a, a free calculator or something. How did the calculator come up with a wrong... That, to me, is the interesting part of the story. How did the calculator miscalculate something? I don't know. Like 2 was, plus 6 was equals user, 20. User error, surely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you know, like the fact that he it, it was a calculator that he didn't pay for. Yeah. It was just there and he used it and it, it you know, one answer out of however many th- that it's given him was wrong. Hello, yeah. is this Casio? Yeah, and so he phoned up the company. And rather than just, I don't know, buying a new calculator, using the calculator on his computer, um, you know, all the, all these options that were available to him, he complained to the company. He would just wind me up. There was just, there was so many things. And I think there was one day that I had just had enough of him. And when he was, when he was um, away from his desk, I went to his desk calendar and I went through it a few, a few weeks and just removed a Wednesday. He's <laughs> <laughs> on the phone to the desk calendar. Yeah, right? yeah, and just waited till that Wednesday. Yeah. The, the, I think it was an April 14th. <laughs> yes, sir. No April 14th this year. Yes, sir, there is an April 14th and none on your calendar. <laughs> I demand you send me a new calendar. Someone else has your April 14th. Yes. You can have April 15th yes. twice. Please send me a new April 14th. That's funny. That was. I just would just subtly try to undermine him. In, in ways like that, you know, yeah. very, very subtle revenge. That's low-key revenge. I yeah. think that's oh, and it's room temperature. I've got a room temperature style mm-hmm. uh, revenge story. Um, and I think enough water has passed under the bridge uh, that I can, I'll use other names. But um, my favourite one is, uh, and you guys remember this, that we performed at a, um, a charity benefit. Um, we did many of those. And uh, there was... Um, a another band. They were kind of a comedy group, but they did music. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, I'm with you now. And look, to be to be fair, most of the guys were pretty pretty cool guys, but there was just one who was a bit of a dick. Yeah, and he happened to, well, I think he thought he was the drummer in their band, um, and went out on stage at this very important gig, big gig, 900 people, and decided to use my drum kit and my brushes um, without asking. And That's then, not cool. That is really the unwritten law. You don't is. do that. That's it. It's uh, you don't play with other people's instruments, and especially when they're again, they're coming out on stage and they've got no chance to reset them. Yeah, that's but right. Not only that, you know, you, you certainly if you do use them by chance, you make sure they're they're back where they're you know as they were. Well, you just ask or apologise or something. That's it. So anyway, this guy did it. And then when I came out on stage, or when we came out on stage to perform, um, my snare had been switched off and my brushes were all all over the stage because I think at the end of his thing, he decided to throw the brushes in the air and then walk off stage very dramatically. So um, I thought this guy was a bit of a turd. And uh, (laughs) I was so angry 
I was so angry because we obviously started and I was not prepared and I had to find my brushes. I had to get the kid on. It was an important gig. There were a lot of people watching. James is trying to stall. By the way, no, that's never good. Yeah. That's always Hey, bizarre. so who here's from out of town? I would have done some of that gear. Yeah. And so afterwards, we, we, were, we were back there talking to these guys and this, this one particular guy was um, commenting about how much he hated them being compared to a band called Tripod, mm. who are a very successful um, comedy group in Melbourne, musical comedy group. And, um, and I just took that piece of information away with me. Oh, dear. And uh, there was a website where fans of comedy could go and comment on, uh, <laughs> on the various... Oh dear! On on their favourite uh, bands, and I could have got on there and I could have trashed that guy out, but it would have just started some kind of weird flame trolley war that mm. that wouldn't have ended ended well. That's so not room, s- that's not room temperature revenge. Is that's it? not room temperature at all. So what I decided chat to do, room temperature. Bang. That's it. Mm. I uh, I set up a fake account. <laughs> of course you did. I, uh, <laughs> Just for one, Chris? for a a fan who loved this particular group, the group that the the idiot was in, <laughs> and then I started writing posts about how much I loved this particular group and how much they reminded me of Tripod. Brilliant! And he literally lost his shit. On oh, the, they were they were all very polite when they were commenting on this website, but suddenly because he he just couldn't handle the fact that there was this open comparison between them and tripod that um yeah he got he got really pissed off and i i was relieved i walked away from that situation wow. going i've i've exacted my revenge um and his name's tim minchin no <laughs> no that's not true tim is lovely yes, yes that's lovely. right we shared a venue with tim minchin once or twice and he times. was really nice In that's fact, right tim uh uh let us me play his keyboard uh when we we all played um uh, kitten club yeah for fringe festival and tim was on before us or after i think on before us and the we there was a, a, a like a little electric piano at the kitten club but it was shit house and i was sort of complaining about that and then tim who was just around said oh, i'll just use mine like how nice is that yeah tim is a nice guy and he's like he's totally, a gentleman like he's uber you know international successful he's on the now. television now. he's on the telly and he yeah. still you know says hi when he sees me he's a nice guy yeah you know one of the few people that who's who's jealousy I am of his success doesn't cloud the fact that I realise he's actually quite a pleasant bloke. <laughs> yeah. I still like him. I still like him despite <laughs> the fact that he's despite. way more successful than I am. I wrote, uh, I wrote a short play um, that I think touches on the subject of re- revenge. Lovely. But not revenge served cold or at room temperature. This is hot revenge. Hot revenge, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. What a great name for something that would be. Take my it's, hot it sounds, revenge. Sounds like a Steven Seagal film. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> Hot Revenge. <laughs> this time, it's personal. It was personal all the time. The actual title of this is Lawman! Exclamation mm. point. Um, now, it's a short play, but I'll read the parts. It's very short. Um, I'll, I'll, but I'll, I'll read the parts, and, and, and this is how it goes. Lawman. Two men sit, playing chess, on an empty stage. Greg. What are you doing? Colin. What? Greg. I just moved my queen and put you in check. Colin, so? Greg, so you have to move your king out of check or block my queen. You have to take back the other move you just made. Colin, all right then, you son of a bitch. How about this? Greg, what? Colin, read him and weep. 
Greg. You've just played a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's not even in chess. Colin, it should be enough to get my king out of check, though. Greg, you're not, you're not playing the game right. And, and why do you even have a get-out-of-jail-free card? Colin, I just found it. Greg, you got it out of your wallet. Colin, no, um, well, that's where I found it. Greg, this is shit. Colin, look, you know I'm a tough-talking cop who plays it by his own rules. Greg, if you don't move your king out of check, the chief is going to have your gun and badge for this. Colin, I don't care anymore. What does that pencil-pushing desk jockey know about being a real cop or playing a nice game of chess? Greg, don't be a fool, Colin. One more ruckus and you're off the force for good. Colin kicks Greg in the stomach. Then he forces a bit of wood into his mouth and stomps the top of his head, violently splintering Greg's teeth. The game remains on stage, unfinished. The end. Nice. That is nice. Hot revenge. That is hot revenge. That's what I'm saying, hot revenge. Well, I have, I have a tale that I, I've written of, of, I guess, tepid, tepid revenge. Oh, okay. The- About 20... 20- Five degrees Celsius. Is yeah, that, yeah, maybe. Yeah, lukewarm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That lukewarm. sounds like a Wes Anderson film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tepid revenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, 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 I've called. I'm terrible at coming up with titles for things, but this one is. I called it judged. You have been judged. It's good. Judged. Laughter rang in his ears as Richard began to pick the strands of pasta from his hair and wipe the sauce from his eyes and face. The well-timed removal of a cafeteria chair had seen him land face-first in a bowl of pasta he was carrying and then bowl-first onto the floor, but not before connecting with the table on the way down, pressing the bowl further onto his face and the spaghetti bolognese further up his nose. Did all Supreme Court judges have to endure this, he wondered? (laughs) This wasn't the first time this had happened to Richard. Heck, it wasn't even the first time today. His suit was already stained with coffee from when one of the other Supreme Court judges kicked a football right into the tray of macchiatos he was carrying. The coffees were for another group of Supreme Court judges who had demanded coffee from him every morning in return for protection. It wasn't working. Perhaps I should bring them some biscotti as well, he thought. I'll try that tomorrow. You idiot, Richard, shouted Graham. Don't you know that Julian is gluten intolerant and that I am avoiding sugar at the moment because I am trying to slim down for my beach holiday to Noosa in two weeks? I'm sorry, stammered Richard, as the hot coffee rained down and the biscotti bounced off his glasses. (laughs) He turned to leave. We're not finished with you yet, said Julian, but the bell rang and they all had to run off to court. (laughs) Richard spent the morning barely listening to the commercial equity case before him. He could barely even concentrate on the game of Angry Birds he was playing under the table. (laughs) As yet another bird sailed off screen without vanquishing a single pig, he became aware of the time and the expectant silence before him. Oh, uh, we'll adjourn for lunch, he murmured, and slunk off to hide in his chambers. He didn't eat, he wasn't hungry. Instead, he just curled up on the floor beneath his desk. The rest of the day passed uneventfully. Judgments handed down here, costs awarded there, some pigs destroyed, but no high scores set. And for the most part, no level was completed where he earned more than one star. He shrank into his seat on the bus at the end of the day. Mostly it was just magistrates who took the bus, and by and large they kept to themselves, letting him be. Graham and Julian, like most of the other Supreme Court judges, had cars and drivers to take them home. Graham and Julian. Such (laughs) bastards, he thought to himself. Such bastards. 
In his dream that night, he was back in court, presiding over a criminal case. The defendants, Graham and Julian, were charged with being bastards. (laughs) Mean bastards. And he gleefully handed down the sentence. And they were sorry. So sorry. He woke before his alarm and rolled over to look at the clothes, all neat and laid out, ready for the day, and he smiled to himself. One day, he would push the magistrates, pull their chairs out from under them, trip them over. One day, he would pull off the QC's wig and throw it around the room. And one day, he would have the car and the driver. And then he would kick the footballs and throw the macchiatos. (laughs) Revenge would be his. And then he would be all that Graham and Julian were. And Graham and Julian would be nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. (laughs) That's good. Nice. Angry Supreme Court judges. Yeah. I mean, they're a dangerous breed. They you, are. You, you really want them to be kind of satisfied at least. <laughs> at least have had a coffee in the I, morning. I think the name of that story, Judged, is a very good name. But Thank you. I, I think I think if I were to, say, turn that into a television movie, which could easily be done, mm. I would call it Cranky for Justice. <laughs> <laughs> I had an interesting time re- researching the idea of uh, vengeance or revenge, and just so our listeners know, because it's always good to to you know have something Lifting tangible. Up. Yeah, um, it's always good to have something tangible. You know, yeah. uh, is there are resources on the internet what? that you can have that you can that you can get that are literally revenge. Uh, resources. Um, so there is one particular right. one which is quite famous called the Avengers Handbook. So the Avengers Handbook is is quite a famous um, thing. It was, a, it was a guy who started basically just blogging ideas for for revenge and and ended up writing it into a book. Seven years it took him to collect all this this information. Um, but it's literally a practical book. It is a how-to revenge. It's not just anecdotes. It is literally chapter by chapter from using the telephone safely to um, using sticky substances uh, and everything in between. I know, sticky substances are weird. It's, it's a fascinating website. And literally, this guy is actually very careful to uh, make the disclaimer that... Oh, it's entertainment purposes. Yeah, aren't he doesn't uh, encourage He won't endorse it, revenge. But, He's just um, right about it. There's also another website which um, I don't have the address for. I'm sure you can Google it if you need to exact some revenge where they will literally, you pay them money and they, there are various things they'll do. They'll send anonymous letters or postcards or um, dead Murder. fish sewn into <laughs> teddy bears. And, and that website actually does have a lot of anecdotes and all of them are a little bit sad because I think if you're going to exact some vengeance, you should be creative about it. Yes. And mm-hmm. sending someone a dead fish... You know, that's been in the mail and they open it up and oh, it's a bit stinky. It's a bit boring. Well, can I go Can I go further than that and say, for example, getting back to old Shaky, um, he wrote some fantastic tales of revenge, none better than Othello, really, yes. where the lead protagonist, Iago, uh, very complicatedly turns the moor against his beautiful new bride. Um, it's a beautiful play. It's a wonderful story. It's a, it was one of the most ultimate revenge things ever written. Now Four imagine. Stars. Now, imagine if Iago had been really annoyed with uh, the Moor and had then just got on the internet yeah. and gone, oh, I'm really annoyed with the Moor. Can you do something for me? Because I live in an age where I don't do things for myself, but I do have an internet connection, methinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. <laughs> but my favourite. My favourite. Josh, think, we're highbrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, we've been a little bit... 
really should start talking about dicks and cunts again. But well, apart from speaking of dicks and cunts, uh, dicks and cunts. One of the that best was a British uh, <laughs> crime drama, wasn't it? <laughs> one of the famous revenge acts, obviously, is uh, was performed by Lorena Bobbitt, but we won't go into that. Um, the other one was on uh, the man who invented spam, spam email. Oh. Not the um, delicious cooked meal. Not the delicious meal. And in fact, his name was Ralski. That's his surname, Ralski. Okay. Uh, and he had become rich from um, spam because he was using it in order to trick people into giving him money. Mm-hmm. Um, and they couldn't prosecute him because spam was, was so new that they had no idea what to do. It's the Wild West. The internet is still the Wild West. Yeah. And, um, but what happened was uh, somebody found out what Ralski's actual... Uh, address was he lived in a mansion by this stage mm. um, found out his address and leaked that onto the internet and then hundreds of thousands of people started adding him to physical spam like you know catalogs and that sort of stuff and he would receive just mounds of of catalogs and and the, the types of things that are physical spam mm. um uh, for for the rest of his life. Well, not the rest of his life, but obviously until he moved. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, but then, but I mean, because he's so industrious, uh, I believe he just turned that into a very, very profitable paper mache. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I think that was a nice revenge. That was that was a good, you know, outcome. It's poetic. He didn't die or anything. He wasn't, no. you know, he killed crushed to death, yeah. death by a stack Could of have catalogs. Been. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. If Paper I was a cuts. guy who was rich because I invented spam and someone just sent me a whole bunch of catalogs, I wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. I would not give a fuck. You'd pay, if that's so- the pay price, someone to I, bulldoze I would dry them out. my tears with $100 bills. Yeah, or with catalogs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. I mean, that's just... Can I say, just on that, on that um, how impossible it must be for the makers of the tinned meat product spam to advertise online. <laughs> yeah. It must be impossible. I yeah. really feel for that company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just because someone decided to call it spam, their entire internet product marketing division must just be uh oh. Yeah. That's probably why you, for- they, they don't have an an, an awesome um, online presence. I'm sure of it. Because because who wouldn't buy who wouldn't buy tinned meat online? Oh, yeah. soon you'll be able to print it. <laughs> Just be like a three D virtual printing of spam. Well, yeah, I imagine if I got um, if I got that uh, tinned meat in my email, I would I would love it. Be yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that petered out nicely. <laughs> Discount. Discount where you save when you buy. All you need from a coat to a tie are freezers, shavers, or dryers to dry the way the smartest shoppers buy at your discount store. We should, maybe we should do Ask Chris. Let's do Ask do Chris. You have, yeah. do, you have anything else? do you want to sing the uh, Ask yeah. Chris theme or yeah, do you want to yeah. use the, the previous no, one? No, 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 no. We should no, sing no, live. Another version. I think I've got it. I, I think it'll I, be I think it'll be slightly more polished this time. Yeah, yeah, I, but I can re-sing it because okay. I've heard it a million times. Yeah, yeah. Well, here comes the only other segment that we've thought of in two seasons of Theatre of the World and that's Ask Chris. Chris has got answers in his pants. Ask Chris. Ask Chris, he's fucking genius. Ask Chris. Ask Chris, he's fucking genius. Ask Chris. <laughs> still good. It's still gonna hold up. Thank you, lads. I have uh, I have two questions here uh, today that I'd like to answer good. to um, to just give a little bit back to our listeners. Oh, um, so generous, you know, uh, to the to the public. Um, You're a so, great guy. You are what a great guy to climb down from your mound. The um, 
The first one comes from a young man. Grace the listeners with your fucking answers. <laughs> the first one comes from a young man called um, David Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, I think it's odd that the letters ST, a common abbreviation for saint, uh, uh, he said is, but should be R, <laughs> are nestled into the word monster. He said nestled into the monster, but I know what he's talking about. Um, do you think this is odd? Uh, and, uh, well, Dave, here's the thing. Monster is... Um, also has the abbreviation for Monday at the start of it, um, and it has ER at the end, which is the abbreviation for the Queen. Um, so the word monster is actually Monday Saint Queen, uh, which is a bit of a mouthful to say if you are are actually being um, chased by a monster or trying to warn someone that they're being attacked by a monster or the Queen. Um, so I don't think it's odd that they abbreviated it. ER, ER is also the abbreviation for emergency room. I know. Which is where you have to go if you are attacked by a monster. Exactly. Emergency room, make it worse. Yeah. So, uh, and the uh, second question um, is from uh, Chris Saxton, who, who asks, what's going to be the new thing? Um, <laughs> it's a good question, Chris. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Chris, the, the new thing is actually always an old thing, tarted up to look like a new thing. Um, so, you should look out for underwater movie cinemas, uh, computerized bread, and digital watches you wear on your ankle. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't think some hipster hasn't thought of that. Beware. What's of- the time? I'll just take my sock off. Hang on. <laughs> Beware of familiar TV shows that add the word celebrity to the start. Or all new. Yeah, or don't don't watch out for those, actually. Um, and that's it. That's it for us, Chris. I hope Aww. that I've uh, made a difference to your day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably not. <laughs> um, that, was, that was very good, uh, uh, young Christopher. Good well work, done, Chris. I have a piece of, I guess, housekeeping, you'd, mm. you'd probably call it. Um, but it is to do with, uh, with revenge. Uh, in 2004, we, that is to say Man Bites God, did our first ever uh, Edinburgh <laughs> Fringe show. That's true. And um, a night that we did those shows, there were two critics from two separate. <laughs> yes, yeah, where I'm going. Two separate uh, publications in the crowd. Now, one of those critics was uh, from the Scotsman, which is a very reputable newspaper. Yeah. If you want a review in Edinburgh, that's the that's paper the you want to review. That's in. the one you want. The Scotsman, it's amazing. You you look at uh, a lot of comedians internationally and often they'll have, even, even in other countries, they'll have the Scotsman's quotes on their posters because it's very reputable. Now, here's what the Scotsman, and this is obviously just uh, uh, short things, but here's what the Scotsman had to say about the show that they saw from us in 2004. Endearing and harmonious... Lunatic lyrics and melodic absurdity work well and will undoubtedly give rise to other acts singing from the same hymn sheet. Covering a range of styles from barbershop through folk, funk, rock, the songs would have spinal tap in a spin. These Melbourne lads can play with more talent than many chart toppers. That oh, is, yeah. That is yeah. a fucking great review. That's like it. Even now, that gives me chills I know. In, in, my, in my ego centres. That is a sweet... And don't think that we didn't put that on every fucking poster <laughs> that we made after that. Now, not, uh, now, I'm not talking about the same run of shows. I'm talking about the exact, exact same, same night yep. that the person from The Scotsman who saw the show and decided to write that lovely review of us, there was another critic in the crowd. Now, I am not going to name them. I am also not going to name the low-rent piece-of-shit website that they <laughs> write for. But let's just say this. It is lesser, a lot lesser. It's one of those websites that a bunch of people put together, I suspect, so they can get free tickets to things at the fringe. Now, here's my problem with critics generally. 
they are not constructive. They are literally... A critic is the definition of a blood-sucking parasite because it takes art that people make and it comments on them. And the, the thing that, I think the thing that riles me most is not that there are critics. That's fine, I suppose. It's not really, but whatever. The, the, the problem I have is that apparently if a critic criticises you, you can't respond. It's not done. It's seen as being a little bit bad form. And, yes. You know, which to me seems insane because it, it, it's like saying, well, you know, this random asshole can have a go at your shit and you have no, you have no recourse, which, I mean, I don't understand that. Now, of course, luckily, because this was, uh, uh, you know, 2004, now with the internet, everyone's a fucking critic immediately. And I'm hoping that that actually puts a lot of critics out of business mm. because, you know, if you, you go, like anyone can just write a comment and it's just as informed. I would like to read, not all of it, because it's depressing, but I would like to read a couple of uh, uh, key points from the review that that critic wrote on the same night that the Scotsman wrote that. This is the first time I've seen Australian men not wearing flip-flops. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid to say that was the only thing that surprised me about this show as it seemed to be devoid of any kind of irony or genuine humour. That's the opening sentence. Yeah, wow. The second sentence is, the basis for this show is comedy songs. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? And um, and this is uh, uh, this is personally this is why it hurt me um, uh, personally. Uh, there were, to be fair, a couple of promising moments, and these came in the form of the drummer and the bass player. <laughs> High five, Chris! <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> who appeared to have a much more mature approach to the material, <laughs> but they contributed separately. Although they didn't get much of a voice, as the lead singer guitarist was generally too busy singing songs about boobs and giggling to himself to notice them. How many songs about boobs have we written, gentlemen? Um, <laughs> probably none. None is correct, but whatever. Um, and this is my favourite, and this is the most telling line of the review, in my opinion. Uh, this reviewer has actually written, maybe it's just me, brackets, the rest of the audience seem to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had a similar review with um, uh, the, the Gorskis once where the critic panned out the show as the worst thing you've ever seen and then claimed that the audience must have been full of family and friends because everyone else was laughing. <laughs> you go, I think you're possibly the problem here. And also as a golf writer that they'd sent out to review a comedy <laughs> festival show. But it was the headline, uh, comedy show below par? No. That's but what I would write if I was been. a golf writer reviewing a comedy show. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. That's good. He really teed off on you. Yeah. <laughs> You've got some, on there. You got some work to do, Spark. You're going to have to learn about golf. I know. Become a writer. Uh, but Par uh, look, and T are the two words I know about golf. I'm confident that you'll get there. Thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, look, I, I think I, uh, out of the three of us, I know that I'm the one who takes criticism more personally than everyone else. And it's not, I don't think it's, I mean, partly it's because I have an enormous ego, but also it's because, as I said, I don't feel that often people who have these kind of swipes at us 
have any kind of basis. Like, I don't know who this person is to just come from, well, uh, you know, I don't think it's funny, so it isn't. Uh, so um, now I could, I could read their name and I won't. I could read the name of their website and I won't. I th- could Google their name and tell you what they do and what they're up to now. Yeah. Have done that. Not, not going to do that uh, because it just gives them too much power. Um, but what I am going to do... In the spirit of room temperature revenge, uh, is I've written a song for this critic and I would like to perform it now. Actually, Chris, there was a review for something that was bad, and we kept it from James. What What was that uh, about? I remember. I remember we we had to hide I, <laughs> copies <laughs> because we were worried that James was going to go be a over the edge. Festival thing. Yeah. yeah, I seem to remember we had to keep it quiet for the re- for the duration of whatever festival we were playing. Look, I I understand, <laughs> but it gets me arced up. Like literally, I I am. I was talking about this with uh, a friend of mine who, who's uh, who I write a lot of uh, stuff with uh, the other day, and we worked out that a lot of things we write are purely out of spite. Yeah. <laughs> For example, uh, uh, we entered a competition where you had to write uh, a radio play. And the judges felt that ours wasn't good enough, so we wrote six more. That was our <laughs> That'll revenge. Show That'll show them. How yeah. crap is that? Uh, uh, one of the the rantiest and and insanest I've ever seen, James, was <laughs> Jesus uh, was after a reviewer reviewed a Drowning Hitler show. Oh, I nearly talked about this, and uh, uh, it was awful. It was an awful review. Again, similar sort of similar sort of vein. Just the review didn't get it, and and you know, I think everybody else went. Ah, oh, that was just a, you know, it was just the wrong person. Is mm. that sort of thing where the person turned up expecting something and got something else, and and didn't really understand how artworks that there are all types of you know tastes and um was a dick about it but james was like weeks weeks he was going <laughs> about this review and he, waving it around and we're all going james just forget about it put it down forget it but that's the thing is that like look i stand by that because yeah. that's the thing that people don't understand and even if you're a troll even if you're just some guy who randomly goes oh this thing that someone did that's shit you know like there are just consequences to that. Like there, you got to stand by that, and yeah. you know you're you're hurting someone a little yeah. bit. You're hurting their feelings, which is okay. But just you know, yeah. all I'm saying is consequences. Yeah. Which show was that? Uh, I, was, uh, I was drowning Hitler. Drowning Hitler. I was in that. Yeah, 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 that's right. We're all you were there. All three of us. Sure, you were there. Yeah. Um, yeah, wondering no, what was going on. Yeah, <laughs> <What> <laughs> yeah was that was that guy. That might have been the first time we all worked together. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, and um, yeah. yeah, Mark was about eight. Yeah. I got a review um, oh, semi semi recently. Well, I, I don't think it's along the same lines, but it was just it was um, a weekend people single we did, and the, the review was just needlessly mean, and it just said, "And the singer sounds like he's affecting an accent." <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, like, doesn't well, know you. Wasn't. Doesn't, wasn't well, that's my actual voice. Well, it doesn't know you, but yeah. apart from anything else, yeah. like yeah. I mean, but, what does like, that mean? Just because you think I'm affecting an accent doesn't mean that I'm affecting an accent, and probably means you shouldn't put it in a review. Yeah. I, I think I think critics now are absolutely superfluous because I think now you go online and you it's check word it of out mouth. yourself, and it's word of mouth. Other people give yeah. you a review. Yeah, people right. you trust and know, and yeah, yeah, that's right. Like if if, if I want to know if something's good or not, I ask my friends, and through social media, that is an instant thing. I yep. don't. I don't read reviews in papers and no, stuff. No, I, mean, I don't. Yeah, the reviews, realistically, I think nowadays only exist so that people can pull quotes from them and stick them on their posters. You just make them up now. <laughs> yeah. Gives a shit. Who? No, someone got in trouble for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently, there was a film. It was got um, 
Ah, oh, what was it? Um, well, the, the, also the comedy festival copter last year. Oh, they really? made a big deal about people tr- using made-up quotes because obviously now in in the internet age, you if you make something up, you can say, "Oh yeah, it was in this publication," and oh, I can't find a copy of it. But now it's everywhere. So, but there was a film they put some pull quote yeah, yeah. On, on their on their posters that said the Guardian. Film. I remember yeah. that actually. And, now that you say it, and then there there was no record of The Guardian ever having reviewed this film even yeah. and what it was was they set up pages on The Guardian online for every film that they hear about so when they do get around to reviewing it it'll be there and then yeah. they, and it's open for comments and what someone had done was find this page that didn't actually have a Guardian review on it yeah. and then wrote their own review in the comments yeah. and then the people who made the film pulled that quote from the comments section of The Guardian online yep. and put it as The Guardian yep. on their poster and they got in trouble and they had to change it. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely a call, call recently to be mm. a bit more transparent about your um, mm. quote. I know there's someone in the uh, comedy festival who I won't name. Let's call her Brunhilde. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and there was a, qu- a quote about selling out um, <gasps> yeah, in the, uh, in I the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Um, and, uh, yeah, the quote wasn't even for her show. Is that, is this the same one as someone had put in their, in their blurb for the comedy festival that yes. they just sold yeah, out yeah, the yeah. Adelaide French? Yeah. It was like, no, the blurb for the comedy festival guide goes in long before the, the Adelaide French even starts. Yeah. Oh. That was, can you, when we turn it. the mics off, can you tell me who that is? Yeah. Cause yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. who that is. We'll name and shame off Mike. Yeah, that would be right. lovely. By the way, if you're a critic and you really do, you're like, oh, I really take things seriously and ah, oh, this isn't very good and I want to tell the world, here's the best criticism. Just go out and do something yourself. Make something. If, if someone d- does something and you don't like it, just do it better. Like, go out and make art. You'll be so much happier. Play Here's a song. song. Yes. That's yeah. good. We, I love that this just descended into us uh, bagging critics. This critic came up to me and this is what he said. Stop singing songs devoid of any kind of irony and sing funny songs instead. Your lack of cutting edge material leaves me unsatisfied So I stabbed him in the boobies and I fucked him as he died Did you use the word boobies in that song? Deliberately. As, deliberately, because... I've never used the word boobies in a single song I have ever written. Yes. I, I think when um, that review came out and there was the booze reference, I wondered whether they'd actually been at some other show. Mm. Yeah. I just, I just sounded like they were having a bad day, which yeah. is fine. But what you... Like, I pulled that off the internet... Nine years after it was written. Yeah. So, you having a bad day and maybe not being in a good mood and then seeing our show, nine years later, people can still read that. Yeah. There's responsibility. Social responsibility. Yeah. Have you seen the film Heckler? Heckler? No. No. Yeah. I I, I would recommend it. It's it's so weird Mm. um, because it is largely Jamie Kennedy... um, being upset that everybody hates him. Um, well, that's largely his fault. But, <laughs> but he does. He does do this this fascinating thing, which I think is interesting for performers, probably not so much interesting for the general public, but where he literally confronts these guys who have just bagged him out in mm. his movies. Um, and um, There's probably a lot of them. Yeah, and it's just this kind of weird road trip where he, he keeps... Well, it's part of the movie. It's this weird road trip where he meets up with these critics face to face, and so why do you hate me so much? 
And some of them just keep hating him. Yeah. And some of them are like, oh, it's my job. I'm meant to be, I'm, that's, yeah. I'm a shock critic. How know? many of them said the Jamie Kennedy experiment as a reason for hating him? Yeah. Most of them was mostly the movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Wasn't he in Scream? I don't think I've ever seen a Jamie Kennedy movie. <laughs> no, me neither. No, neither. This coffee's terrible, by the way. I apologize. Yeah, that's right. Finish mine. I finished mine. It's, it's not my. It's not the one I usually buy. I was sort of. I was on my way. On my way home this morning, and I just bought. I just bought some coffee, and they didn't have the 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 one that I normally buy. Yeah, but this is not good. Sparky, did you put poison in our coffee? I put a little did bit that, of poison in your coffee yeah, right. as an act of revenge. <laughs> and that brings us rather neatly. <laughs> Uh, to the end of this episode Fear of the World uh, Remember if you've got questions for Chris Hit us up You can do that on the Facebook You can do it on the Twitter What's the Twitter handle? At T-O-T-W podcast Or um, theatreoftheworld.com is our website You can subscribe to us on iTunes Review on iTunes. this podcast Review this podcast Give us one star yeah. We dare you yeah, don't, yeah, no, don't, no, okay, no, no, don't Because no, we're fragile Give us five stars We've just hauled off at all we'll these critics cry. Yeah, We're awful we're... Anyway, until next we meet That is Theatre of the World for this week. I'm James. Mark. Chris. And remember, vengeance. Find episodes and more at theatreoftheworld.com. Can I just say, if if any of us decide to write romance novels, Monster St. Queen (laughs) is a great pseudonym. It's a great pseudonym. It's true. And the second Hello, question. I'm Monster St. Queen. <laughs> I wear a cravat made of tears. This is Man Bites God. <laughs>